Welcome to The Creep End. I am your host, Brittany, and this is my co-host and sister, Kaylin. Hello. And we are back with episode number... Shit, 38, I think. I've lost count. It my is notes are all over the fucking place right now. I've and... been writing it down now. Oh, I just okay, still let, I still let you say it, though. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, It feels like forever. Because it's been like two weeks. Because we've been double recording a lot lately. Yeah. I feel like in this episode that we're recording at this very moment, I'm releasing tonight because we're already like two days late. At least it's only two days late (laughs) instead of like two weeks. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Uh, I know. We're just waiting for the text from Kyle. Are you on a hiatus again? Yeah. Um, We will be taking a hiatus though for a week during Uh, Thanksgiving because I will be gone for the majority of the week. Yeah, so we'll have an episode that releases the week of Thanksgiving, but the week after there yeah we will not have an episode because we are not we're not recording that week um any spooky creepy fuck yeah i was in the fucking kitchen the other day bro and like it's just me and the kids right and i'm making my fucking pumpkin and bat ravioli and i'm just stirring shit into it and whatever right and my hair's up my hair is never down Especially when I cook. My hair is never down. And I fucking, something like moved in my corner of my eye, peripheral vision area. And I turn and it just like disappeared. And I was like, no, no, not today. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, that was fun. That was great. That sucks. Just about shit my pants. Um, I have nothing significant. It's my usual like little creaks. Mm. shit drop oh oh i mean so i put nova to bed and justin was in the garage and i was in my room straightening up my spare room (gasps) and i started hearing like like it sounded like something was in my closet ew fuck that but like big not like a mouse like big not like our friend from the other day um no (laughs) it it sounded big Mm. and so then i started i was like that person that would die in the scary movie because like well i have to look so i started to like creep around and then it just stopped and i haven't heard it since but it was like the creaking like something was like like rocking in a chair not rocking but like we have hardwood floor all over oh, the house. Oh, like the creak. It's like yeah. the creak. Like something was like shifting its weight. Mm. And I have no room. It's not like a person could hide in my closet. There's no, like, there, it's packed <laughs> from the fucking there's bottom up. a fuck ton of clothing in there. So there's no way in hell. Mm. I don't know. It was weird. That was yeah, like no, probably, that's strange. That's probably like the weirdest thing lately. Um, and then... I don't know. I feel like I just, I seen something because my mirror at work just is looks right down the hallway and I fucking swear I just see shit passing behind me in that hallway and I'm just like, what? I just pretend I don't fucking see it. (laughs) I'm like, maybe if I don't pay any attention to it, it'll go away. (laughs) Uh, But I haven't really been there late by myself recently. I feel like We've been all working kind of a lot, so we've all been there together. Well, that's good. Uh, Rochelle and I started joking, like, we slept here. Hey, we're back. Like, (laughs) um, it is the holiday season, though. 
Not it is. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's about it. Um. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. I mean, nothing like significant. I mean, depending on how you look at it, I'm yeah. used to it, so it's not something significant. Yeah. <laughs> like seeing something is significant for me at this point. Hearing all the noises, I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just another Tuesday. Um. All right then. Uh, shall we dive in? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. I was just gonna tell a story. So you know those things on TikTok right now where the things jump out at you? Have you seen those yet? I don't know. I saw some guy digging for crabs and the crab jumped out at him. Okay, so there's one. But it's like fake though, okay? Oh, uh, with it's like, like, a, like the spider thing coming out? Yeah, but this one was a snake. So I watched it, right? And this guy is like, oh, look, can't you see the tail? Can't you see the tail? Closes the rock open, it, open it up again. Like, can't you see it? And it jumps out at you. Ew. I showed it to Andre. <laughs> Did he shit his pants? He was holding onto the couch while watching it, and, like, it looked like he convulsed. So he's like, Ugh. And I was like, did you get scared? And he's like, no, I'm fine. His body took a screenshot. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear. Oh, my God. He was like, can we show that to Rowan? Can we oh show my that to God. Dad? He's like, let's stab everyone else. It was funny. But, yeah, that's all. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. All right. Well then, so for this week, we chose to do cursed books. Which I feel is more misleading than it actually brings upon us. Because I found a list and it was like the top 10 or top 8 cursed books in Mm -hmm. the world. So I chose one from it. But it doesn't go into excruciatingly big detail about how it's cursed because like oh the vatican's hiding it and then one of them oh my god so i was like oh i'll do the um oh what the fuck was it called i was that mad about it and we also did these notes like two weeks ago yeah Uh, oh it was the necronomicon Mm -hmm. that i was like oh that sounds crazy i'm gonna do that motherfucking hg wells who is a horror writer, essentially, sci-fi horror writer, mm-hmm. uh, he made it up for his some of his <laughs> short stories. And of course he did. Like, so I'm like trying to do all this research, and it's like, well, it's not a real book. And I'm like, then why is it coming up on a list of the most cursed books? Yeah. And it's not a real book. He literally just referenced it for his own writing. And then I guess because somebody somewhere decided that, oh, they were going to make, like, a physical one. Mm. But it's, like, it. Yeah. It, it's not, oh, my God, I was so heated. I was like, oh, cool, like, H.G. Wells talked about it. No, 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 H.G. Wells made it up. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff we see in, like, horror movies and books is, like, shit that he made up. Like, he, he was, like, the f- kind of, like, the forerunner in some of that shit. But, like... I was super mad because I wasted like 45 fucking minutes mm-hmm. reading about something that isn't actually cursed because it doesn't fucking exist. Yep. And then all of the other books on there are like these fucking, I don't even know how to say the words, giga, giga somethings. Yeah. Uh, oh, Grim, not gigas. Oh yeah, there is Codex Gigas and then like. The, yeah, that, the, I did one on the that gr- one. Grim, Grim Raw, Grim Raw, I don't know. Yeah. But those are all like. They were, are, like, 
evil texts or devil-based mm-hmm. texts, but the Vatican's hiding them. So it's not like, oh, 80 people got to read it and they all mysteriously died. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Or, oh, bad, you know, whatever, they had bad luck after or whatever. It's like, no, like, they're written about evil, so the Vatican's got them packed away. And nobody's actually ever read them. So Except it's like, for, like, a handful of people and nothing... <sighs> Well, back in the 15 fucking hundreds. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it, it, you know, I don't know. So that wasn't, ter- it almost wasn't exciting at all until I finally kept fucking going. Cause I'm like, well, I've put in this much oh, effort. I gave up. <laughs> I was I about to text you and be like, we got to pick something else. This is bullshit. But I actually found a pretty decent one. Um, but you read between the lines for this one. I feel like you, you read between those lines. I mean, kind of, maybe. Because I would have never put those connections together. Well, people wrote whole articles. It's not like I went and sought out 80 different cases and that all went back to this one book. Like, somebody's put this together. Yeah. So. But I really would have never figured that out. It's not a cursed book in the sense of, like, you read it and you die, or you read it and. Something bad happens. You trip and break your leg. Like, this is just a. probably an interesting coincidence but are things ever really coincidences Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) depends on how you look at it all right so um i ended up with one of my favorite books that i've ever read or was ever forced to read in high school and that is um the catcher in the rye so (laughs) Uh, yeah, I literally, this is like one of the only books that I was forced to read in fucking, oh God, whatever fucking AP English class I was in. And mine was The Secret Life of Bees. That's a fucking good one too, though. I was forced to read that one, but now it's my absolute, like, it goes Stargirl and then The Secret Life of Bees. Like, it's in my top two. Out of all the books I was for, like, I mean, when I say forced to read, I like reading. I love reading. I really enjoy it. Um, especially Twilight. Uh, yeah, my favorite. <laughs> Just kidding. Obviously. But, uh, out of all the book lists that you are, you are given to read in AP Lit, um, I actually ended up with a lot of books that I really liked. And Catcher in the Rye, obviously the fucking Great Gatsby, you know, my mm-hmm. two basic white bitch fucking books. Um, there's a book called Snow Falling on Cedars, which I actually really, really loved. Um freaking in cold blood by truman capote and oh fucking crime and punishment Mm. it was like like my top five fucking books from Mm. ap lit Mm -hmm. that i loved um honorable mention too which i was not ap lit uh my sophomore year we had a teacher who we did a lot of um epic poems and sci-fi books and the book Feed, F-E-E-D, is incredible. Mm. Um, it's a lot like having a Facebook feed in your head. Like, you can oh. see it behind your eyes. People, like, glaze over. Oh. And, like, they can... They got, like, the internet in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, like, interesting parallels into technology and a lot of the shit we're being sucked into into our phones constantly every day. So it's oh. really, it, is, it is a really good book. Um, all right, well, now for all of the books that aren't cursed, um, now we'll get into The Catcher in the Rye, which supposedly is cursed. 
So The Catcher in the Rye was written by J.D. Salinger. Salinger? Not Salinger. No, Salinger. Right? Okay. I watched a whole video and made sure I could pronounce it right, but she was a British lady, so (laughs) I'm going to just assume she knew what she's talking about. Um, Yeah, so it was written by J.D. Salinger and was published in 1951. Um, If you've not read it, I definitely suggest reading it. I know a lot of people say it's like a fucking pretentious-ass book, but like, it's uh, coming from being a kid in high school that uh, I needed some extra fucking love and care and I I had a hard time like this book really did resonate with me because the lead the lead the Jesus the main character is also having a really hard time and I think it kind of resonated with me at the time because I was coming from a place of mm-hmm. sort of feeling lost as well yeah um explains the pants bitch <laughs> <laughs> those pants are cool um so the novel talk uh the novel goes into um two days of the life of 16 year old holden caulfield after he has been expelled from prep school he's like confused and disillusioned and um he just is searching for like like truth for himself and like, he's going against all of, like, the phoniness. That's his, like, word he uses the whole time through the book. It's phony. Like, you're a phony mm-hmm. um, of adulthood. Like, Air quote that one more time for me, please. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, he kind of, he, like, ends up pretty, f- like, fucked up and, like, emotionally unstable um, as he's, like, dealing with all of this and... Uh, so basically this goes into like the detail, like the events that happened after he's kind of having this breakdown and, uh, he's like writing this from an institute, like a mental institution. Oh, okay. So I've never read this book. Oh, you should. It's good. So it's pretty easy to read too. Um, so it basically kind of like talks about the loss of innocence as like the primary Mm -hmm. theme and holder holder oh my god holden (laughs) holden wants to be what they call what he calls the catcher in the rye is someone who saves children from running through the rye and falling off this cliff at the end of the rye field so he wants to be the person who catches them before they fall off this cliff meaning he wants to be he wants to save other people from like entering the sh- the shit show that is I don't adulthood. Think I could read this. It's it's good. I, I'm probably describing it really shitty because I haven't read no, it in fifteen years. I would just years, sit but... there and probably cry for the entire book, and I don't like doing that. It's so. such a hardcore metaphor. It's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> just... not blatantly great. I, I want to protect them from innocence. He literally is just like, oh, I want to catch little kids when they run around the rye and they almost kill themselves. Yeah. Anyway, so, um. A lot of people say that this book kind of ends up as like a mass favorite for some people because it's relatable to teen angst, rebellion, um, feeling alienated from society. Mm-hmm. The pants that Brittany wore in high school. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Anyway, now that um, my sister's shitting on my whole existence here. Just her pants. <laughs> Those pants are making a comeback. 
All right. <laughs> you know, and Avril Lavigne just signed on her uh, record label, Travis Barker's record label, and she was wearing similar pants to that. So, suck it. Yeah, right. she's like 40 now. So. I don't give a shit. She's still got more money than I do. <laughs> and she's still, still wearing the fucking pants with more money than I have, so. <laughs> Probably, like, handmade, too. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, the one thing I always wish, like, one day I'll be rich enough to, like, have my clothes, like, tailored yeah. to my body so they actually look flattering. Yeah. <laughs> Except for I wear, like, balloon shirts. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, instead of, like, oh, this fits in my waist, but now my butt's saggy. Yeah, like, my thighs are too my tight. My thighs are too tight, but fits my waist. Or Yeah. Nope. Anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. This has, this whole book has nothing to do with fucking pants, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking diverting from the path here. Anyways, so. That's what I do. Here are all the instances that the Catcher in the Rye had a little piece Got a little piece in um, the murder of John Lennon. So mm-hmm. on December 9th, 1980, John Lennon arrived at his apartment in the Dakota building on 72nd Street and Central Park. It was about 11 p.m. at night, and as he got out of his limo and headed toward the entrance, he passed a fan that he signed an autograph for hours earlier, uh, Mark David Chapman. Um, at this point, Chapman pulled out a 38 caliber revolver and fired four times into Lennon's back, and the singer was officially pronounced dead at the hospital afterward. After the shooting, Chapman calmly sat down and started flipping through his copy of The Catcher in the Rye while he waited for the police to come. Inside the book, Chapman had written, To Holden Caulfield, from Holden Caulfield. This is my statement, and signed Holden's name. In police custody, he said, I'm sure the big part of me is Holden Caulfield, who's the main person in the book, and the small part of me must be the devil. During his trial, he read from the book while on the stand. In 2016, when he was up for parole, he talked about how he truly had a sociopathic mind and that by killing John Lennon, uh, he could become somebody, and that he truly believed at the time that he was Holden Caulfield. Oh, man. I I don't know how wanting to protect innocence ended up in you killing John yeah. Lennon, unless you were protecting John Lennon's children, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, TikTok has really made me question um, John Lennon, so... Thanks, guys. At least I'm not on that side of TikTok. Well, I will tell you right now... I'm not a Beatles person. No, I, I don't. I liked Across the Universe because I liked the more updated versions of the Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. But, and I like um, Blackbird. That's that was it. in um, Boss Baby, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just, I hate that movie too. That movie creeps me out. Um, <laughs> but I am a Rolling Stones person. <laughs> so, uh, next we have the murder of Rebecca Schaefer. She was an American actress and model, and in 1989, she was living in Los Angeles and ended up attracting a dangerous stalker. Um, For three years, Rebecca was stalked by Robert John Bardo. um, At fucking years? What? Three fucking years? Yeah. Oh my god. Um... So he began stalking her 
um, at first from his home in Tucson, Arizona, but eventually that wasn't enough for him. Um, he had only been able to like mail her letters and obviously watch her from afar. Mm-hmm. So once that wasn't enough, he decided that he was going to go to California. Um, at the time she was filming on set and he showed up to the set that she was filming on and security thankfully turned him away. Uh, when he was trying to get on set and talk to her, he ended up going back to Tucson. Like he was like, Oh, I fucked up chance missed by and went all the way back to Tucson, but then decided that he just could not stay away. And about a month later, he went back this time armed with a knife. But again, he showed up to set security, turned him away. So then Bardo again, went back home to Tucson and then tried to turn his focus away from Rebecca and then tried to start other obsessions with, uh, pop singers Debbie Gibson, Madonna, and Tiffany Darwish. But then he saw Rebecca again in some scenes from a, I believe, a show or a movie called um, Class Struggle in Beverly Hills. I've not seen that, and I'm just going by the article I read. Supposedly, she's in that film or whatever. She's in bed with another actor. Mm Mm-hmm. So when he sees this scene, he immediately is pissed off and determines that she's just another quote-unquote Hollywood whore. I didn't say it. He said it. And that he needed to go and punish her himself. So Bardo hired a private investigator who found Rebecca's home address. And Bardo's brother went and purchased him a handgun because he couldn't get one himself due to the fact that he was diagnosed with mental health problems. But his brother went ahead and bought him a gun. Oh, yay! So then for a third time, Bardo comes out to California and stalks her at her apartment, um, was talking to the neighbors, and confirmed that she did, in fact, live there. So one time, evening, I believe, he finally he goes up and he rings her doorbell. And she answered her door because she had, I supposedly had been waiting for somebody to deliver her a script. Mm-hmm. So she was waiting for somebody to come. So she opens the door. And obviously it's not somebody there with the script. So he, it's Bardo, and he shows her a letter that she had autographed and sent back to him. Um, and he tried to talk to her. However, she politely asked him to leave and that she did not want him to visit her at her residence again like was apparently very nice about it Mm -hmm. you know respect my privacy please don't come to my home so he left and then he went to dinner at a diner but then afterward he went back to her apartment knocks on the door she answers but before she could tell him to leave again he shot her with the gun through a paper bag point blank in the chest Um, he fled the scene and as he was running away, he pulled out his copy of The Catcher in the Rye and threw it on top of a building a few blocks away, assuming somehow it was going to be used as evidence against him. He ended up making it all the way back to Tucson by the next day, but was caught by police and confessed the moment he was picked up. So, yeah, another person just casually carrying a copy of the catcher in the rye with them she's really pretty though yeah 
the murder of JFK. So John F. Kennedy was shot on November 22nd, 1963, and Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested for the crime. Whether or not you believe that's actually how the events went is neither here nor there. We're going to just assume that it was Lee Harvey Oswald, because I also don't know that I believe this either, that it was him, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so after Oswald was arrested, um, police and federal agents went to his apartment and cataloged everything inside. And of course, they found a nice, worn-in, dog-eared copy of The Catcher in the Rye in his bookcase. His psychologist from his teen years said that Oswald had a vivid fantasy life turning around the topics of omnipotence and power through which he tried to compensate for his shortcomings and frustrations. Um, which a lot of people think that is why The Catcher in the Rye sort of resonated with him. Yeah. And why it was very worn and dog-eared. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan. So, in this one is a little convoluted. But once I start reading it, you're going to probably know exactly who and what I'm talking about. Um, so in 1976, the movie Taxi Driver came out, starring actress Jodie Foster, Foster, who was playing a 12-year-old girl who had been, um, trafficked. And this movie became an obsession for a John Warnock Hinckley Jr. Hinckley was 21 at the time, and he moved to Connecticut to be closer to Jodie who um, had just started school at Yale. He would slide notes and poems under her door and obsessively call her. He began to think of many ideas that would catch her attention, um, such as hijacking a plane or killing himself in front of her. But instead of hijacking a plane or killing himself, he settled on the idea of killing the President of the United States. And... At the time that he first got this idea, dear, dear Jimmy Carter was president. And um, he started following Jimmy Carter around, which just blows my mind that you used to be able to, like, follow a president around. Oh, yeah. Anyway. This is probably why you can't anymore, though. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, for sure. He eventually was arrested in Nashville on a firearms charge, but I don't think it had anything to do with jimmy carter like finding out there's a weird man following him around (laughs) so he did um return to his hometown and he did get some psychiatric treatment but he like never once let up on a plot to get jody's attention like he still needed to get her attention and apparently killing the president was still his number one idea so in 1981 ronald reagan was the new president and hinckley had his new target and uh he even did research on the assassination of john f kennedy and lee harvey oswald on march 30th of 1981 hinckley shot six times at ronald reagan with a 22 caliber revolver as he left the Hilton Hotel in Washington, D.C. An officer, um, Secret Service agent, and uh, the press secretary were all hit, 
However, Reagan was only hit with a bullet that had ricocheted off his limo. So he wasn't directly fired upon. Oh, okay. A man named Alfred Antonucci was a laborer who was in the crowd and witnessed Hinkley fire the gun. And he was actually able to knock him down to the ground and sit on him until they could capture him. And, of course, a search of his home revealed a copy of The Catcher in the Rye sitting directly atop his coffee table. Um, The judge had Hinckley's room searched before making a decision, and inside they also found a lot of disturbing items, such as an abundance of photos of Jodie Foster. And uh, they also found that he had exchanged letters with um, serial killer, you know, Ted Bundy. And he also tried to contact Charles Manson, who, I guess, Charles Manson also was suspected of orchestrating an attempt on President's Ford, President Ford's life, among, obviously, other murders. That doesn't surprise me, though. So, yeah. That, there we are. That one doesn't surprise me. And next we have... Poor Jodie Foster, man. <laughs> I love her. I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain, like, there is another man running around with, like, tattoos of her. Like, I'm pretty sure that was her. Is that her? Is that her or is that somebody else? I'll, I'll look it up. Okay, I'll keep reading then. Um, Alright, so next we have Peter Falconio. Um, on July 14th, 2001, Peter Falconio and his girlfriend Joanne Lees were British tourists in Borough Creek in the Northern Territory of Australia. They had been driving around in an orange combi van, and they were on the Stuart Highway heading towards the Devil's Marbles, which, I wonder if that's a term for balls. I don't know. <laughs> but a vehicle had been Sorry. tailing them and appeared to be ready to pass them, but instead the other car motioned for them to pull over. So Peter pulled over and went to talk to the other driver who claimed to saw to, to Yeah. Yeah. So Peter pulled over and went to talk to the other driver who claimed to have seen sparks coming out of the van's exhaust. And what happened next was the fucking craziness so the driver ended up shooting peter and then tied up joanne and stuffed her in his car and while the killer was moving peter's body joanne was able to get out and run into the bush and hide and in the hours leading up to his disappearance um peter had actually been reading the catcher in the rye and it was said that he had been reading it when he was first spotted by this killer at a gas station and to this day nobody was ever able to find peter's body so in this case it wasn't the murderer uh reading the catcher in the rye this happened to be the victim this time Hmm. and maybe the catcher in the rye was the trigger yeah that triggered the murderer because he saw him reading the copy he's Um, like that's my copy just kidding I can't find anything. Somebody has a stalker somewhere who is, like, covered in no, tattoos No, I of them. Know, you know, and I've seen it. I could have sworn it was Jodie Foster. I, but I think it, for some reason, I think it's, like, Julia Roberts. And no. I don't know if it's because I just think Maybe. red. I think she has red hair, and Julia Roberts is the only one I know that has close enough to red hair. 
because it's like auburny red. But because I can't find anything with stalker man with tattoo of Jodie Foster in my Google search. Maybe we're just having a split reality session here. Okay, but why would we both have the same split reality? Because, because we both came from the same timeline. And the same parents, I guess, too. So. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I could have sworn that existed. If anyone knows, you know, message us and let Please, us know we're not crazy. Because <laughs> I, I swear I've seen this shit, like, right... Not right when it first happened, but, like, when they... And it's... I wonder if it's that same guy, because, like, I don't know. I don't know if that person ever went to prison, so I don't know if they're, like, prison tats. Okay. It has been confirmed. It is a man with 82 tattoos of Julia Roberts. All right, I knew it was somebody. So. That shit's still fucking weird, man. Yes. Sorry, Julia Roberts. <sighs> yeah. Good thing she's, uh... I hope she's well hidden. <laughs> yeah. I love her, too, by the way. Um, <laughs> all right, so... There's a highly shared theory about... The Catcher in the Rye among conspiracy groups. Of course there is. Of course there is. <laughs> and it's believed that the book was is used as a trigger for sleeper assassins who were trained by the CIA's MKUltra mind control program. So oh, sweet! When they see the book or read the book, that triggers their assassin. Maybe I should read it to see if it triggers my assassin. <laughs> maybe. Maybe you should. Um, I think the MK Ultra thing uh, was in the 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. I think. Speaking of, there is a movie called I think it's called Ultra or MK Ultra, and it has uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Is that his name? I don't know. The guy who plays the parrot in Rio, and <laughs> and Kirsten Kirsten Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Like, Why can't the, I say anyone's name? I was names? like, who the fuck is Kristen Stewart? Kirsten Stewart. Kirsten Stewart. I was like, Kirsten Dunst? No, like, Kristen Stewart, Jesus Christ. What is it called? I think it's called MK Ultra. American Mind MK Ultra? Oh, maybe it's. What the fuck is it? American. Mind Control? No. Maybe it's There's... called American Ultra. What the fuck? Yep, American Ultra. There we go. So yeah, it has a. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart and their Kristen sleeper. Stewart. <laughs> Kristen Stewart, Jesus Christ. Oh, and Topher Grace. Oh, I love Topher Grace. And they're sleeper assassins and they just like get woken up one day oh. and they start like killing people. It's mm. actually a pretty funny movie. Nice. Surprisingly for Kristen Stewart. Anyway. Um, <sighs> so lastly my last little tidbit here is before writing the catcher in the rye um author jd salinger was in talks with harcourt brace and company about potentially publishing a collection of his his short stories and salinger suggested that they publish his new novel instead which was catcher in the rye um his editor robert jarreau loved it but jarreau's boss um actually thought that the character of Holden Caulfield was like fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why people think it resonates with other humans who are a little mm-hmm. out of whack. Yeah. AKA murderers. Mm-hmm. But at least Holden wasn't a murderer, I guess. And uh, yeah, and that's it. That is the uh, 
murderous curse of the catcher in the rye. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Next. And moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So I did two because I was pissed off at the first one that I did. <laughs> the waste of time on all and the, the waste of time, and I books. really wasn't trying to fucking go back and like dig super deep into anything because that's just who I am as a person. <laughs> In case y'all didn't know yet, I'm that lazy. So, my first one is The Great Omar. Okay. Okay. And in 1901, The Great Omar was bound by (laughs) Sangorsky and Sutcliffe. Okay, that sounds like it's probably correct. I hope so, and they are from England. Okay. They had started the art of binding books with jewels, gold, stones, and multicolored leather after the art had been lost after the the medieval times. So they, like, brought it back to life. So they brought back bougie book binding. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, The Great Omar took two years to complete with over a thousand jewels, three golden peacocks with their tails made of gold. It was actually really pretty looking at the book cover. Um, the actual book wasn't completed until 1911, and it was shipped to New York City from England. The book was returned to England after the bookshop refused to pay the heavy-duty shipment. Because I did write it down somewhere, this book was 400 and... Or not 400, it was like 100 and something pounds. I brought it somewhere. Pounds as in weight or pounds as in... No, pounds as in weight. Oh, okay. Like, it took, like, 18 people to fucking carry this shit. Jesus Christ. Like, it was it was a big book. Bougie bookbinding is a little impractical. Yeah. Um, so the brothers, the ones that... Sangorsky and Sutcliffe, uh-huh. uh, put it in an auction where some American guy bought it for way less than what it should have been sold for, which I don't know the equivalent to it, but 450 pounds. Okay, I have in, no idea. In American money, I don't know what that is. Um, the first ship that was supposed to transport the book went along without it. Oops. I don't know if they forgot it or they just didn't get it there in time or what have you. Mm-hmm. But the second one, oh, dun dun dun, was the Titanic. Oh, look at that. And the book went down with the ship in The book fucking sunk the ship, apparently. It was probably too heavy. <laughs> um, yeah, so the book went down with the ship in 1912 when the ship fucking hit an iceberg and sank. But we'll get into that a different time. Because, yeah. Just kidding. Um, a few weeks later, Sangorski died from drowning after he tried to rescue a woman from drowning. And I didn't read until a little bit later mm-hmm. that Sangorski never knew how to swim. So he was a very weak swimmer trying to go out and save a woman from drowning. But, you know. Um, yeah. Thank you for trying. Yeah. I mean. But. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't help. <laughs> no. Um, Sutcliffe created a second copy of the book to replace the first. And this coffee. This coffee. Nice. Yeah. This copy was stored in a bank vault um, in Germany, I believe. Mm-hmm. But the bank vault was destroyed in a World War II bombing. Oh, so the second copy went up in flames. It went down with the bank. Down with the ship? Down with the bank. 
1936, Sutcliffe gave his firm to his nephew, who created the third edition of The Great Omar, and this copy is still in the British Library. Oh, wow. Third Um, time's a charm, apparently. Yes. The Great Omar was, oh my god, an edition of 12th century Persia, the... Ru- the Rubaiyat of Omar. I have no idea what you're saying. I don't know <laughs> either because I can't pronounce it and I'm so sorry. Sorry. Right. But it's about a guy, a dude. Okay. Named, named Omar? Yes. Okay. But he has a last name that I cannot pronounce okay. and I feel so bad about that. Well, that's all right. And it was illustrated by some other guy whose name I can also not pronounce. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, the book is made up of four poems, each all having only four lines. Uh, and some say that the bark is the the what the bark the book. God damn it! Oh my God, the book is cursed due to the peacock feathers, which in some cultures are unlucky. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either because. At least here, I don't know how it is in other cultures, at least here, like, peacock feathers are, like, a sign of beauty. So, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Um, And it is said that the curse came from long ago. A peacock angel may have cursed it. Or the... A certain cult is behind it because of the sea... Born Disasters. Mm. I can't pronounce the cult's name. Okay. It's a lot of words that I unfortunately cannot pronounce. You probably cannot even fucking read my handwriting, to be oh, honest. Right. It's C-T-H-U-L-H-U. Cthulhu. Thank you. So, yeah. Which, fun fact, Cthulhu was made up by H.G. Wells. What the fuck? <laughs> right? Oh, look at us. Oh, tying. my God. Look at us tying shit. Maybe it's H.G. Wells we should be watching out for. Well, he's dead. That doesn't fucking matter. Maybe he was a wizard. Maybe. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, that's cr- So the cult of Cthulhu? Yeah. Yeah. Is behind it because of the seaborne disasters. So, like, um, the dude dying, saving that lady, and then the book going down with the Titanic. Um, so H.G. Wells is responsible for the Titanic going down. Yeah. Um, so the curse is actually a focus for water, uh, like a watery doom spell. Fun. And I guess on top of that, they didn't go into great detail when I was doing, um, my research, but there was actually a lot of deaths that were linked to this shop too. So the, um, the brothers book binding shop had a lot of people who were connected to it that had died. Oh, wow. In water, I don't know, but totally believe the whole watery spell thing. But yeah, so that was the first one. And like I said, these don't really have much of people getting cursed or anything because they are in specific libraries being held. I'm so stupid. What? It's not H.G. fucking Wells. It's H.P. Lovecraft. Oh. I said H.G. Wells this whole fucking time. You motherfucking people putting your names into letters. I'm an idiot. (laughs) 
I'll go back and cross that out. It's going to be like over. It's like HP Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Oh my God. I'm so dumb. No, that's all right. All right. Anyways, HP Lovecraft wrote a bunch of horror shit. Not H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells is a science fiction writer. Fuck me. Anyways, H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft wrote about horror, and he is the one who made up the Necronomicon. So it's not a real book, but people were weird about it and said it was cursed, but it's not a real book. Can't be cursed if it's not real. Anyways, H.P. Lovecraft made up Cthulhu. That is a freaking fictional character, creature, from a story of his. H.P. Lovecraft. Fuck. Alright. It's it's okay. It happens. <sighs> Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't cry. No, because I have to put this out into the world. I was dumb the whole time. <laughs> we'll, we'll just make like a Literally, segment like over. I said, I'm going to just like cut it in there and it's going to be like, and then H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> yes. Like when you get a call on the phone, yeah. they're like... Hi, this message is for Brittany. Like, <laughs> I can't even pronounce our last name, so. All right. The second one, we'll just move forward now. We'll just move on. It's okay. I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed because I can't pronounce half the shit I write, so it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. And I, I forget I'm, half the I shit I I bet everyone, do. people who actually know things, are probably like, Brittany, you're stupid ass. Until they get to the end until you realize. And then I realize I was a stupid ass? Yeah. I'm going to go fine. back and put a disclaimer. There you go. God damn it. Anyways, fuck. So the second one I chose was the co- the codex, uh, is it pronounced Gigas? I'm assuming. G-I-G-A-S? Gigas. Gigas. Anyways. Gigas? Gigas? <laughs> Gigas? Oh, I don't know. It could be anything. We'll just call it the codex. That Make sounds good. That we can pronounce. Which is the largest of all medieval books. It weighs about 165 pounds. Oh, this is the heavy book, but the other one was heavy too. It sank the Titanic. Um, (laughs) It is also called the Devil's Bible. And in the Bible, there's a picture of the devil alone on one page, which... Cool. What really makes it strange is that he is drawn differently in the book rather than how medieval time, like back in the medieval times, how he was actually drawn. Depicted. Yeah, so he was like... Did he look like Captain Jack Sparrow? No. Oh. But on the page next to him is a picture of the city of heaven. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was important, I guess. Like somebody's doodles. Yeah. Just got put in. In the Middle Middle Ages, keeping a book open for display always had a... What the fuck? Always had a certain page? Oh, they always kept their books open at a certain page. Like... When they had them on display. Okay. So you know how like bookstores do that too? Or whatever nowadays? Do I don't they? know. Yeah, sometimes. I'm like envisioning like the, that book that's open at the Snow White ride in Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Sorry, I didn't Jesus. mean to hit that. Sorry. Jesus. Um, but these pages were it. So on one page was the devil. On the other page was like the city of heaven. Okay. So that's the pages that this book was always open and to. And he's like, oh, shucks. I can't get in. <laughs> Um, when looking at, why was I, like, high when I wrote these? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) When looking at the book, you see if you resist temptations, you go to the city of heavens. But in the picture, no one is there. So, like, 
There's what? no depiction of people in the actual city of heavens <laughs> in this book. Like, there's nobody written in. Because we're all fucking fucked. So, yeah. And they're like, and none for you. <laughs> you all suck. Yeah. But also, like, there's, like, nobody else drawn on the page with a picture of the devil. So it's like, where do we go? What happens? Confused. Well, I mean, we all have differing opinions. No, there. I know. <laughs> um, it contained the entire Old and New Testaments, um, texts on prayer and patience. There are two works of Jewish historian. I'm so sorry for p- pronouncing your first name wrong. Fl- F- Flavius Josephus. Okay. And the Chronicle of Bohemia, written by monk Cosmas in 1100 BC. All right. In medieval times, demonic possessions were as common as the plague. Oh, sweet. Mm -hmm. The Devil's Bible contains advice and instructions on how to rid the devil from a person. But yeah, it has a fucking picture of the devil. Well, you have to know who to look for. But, okay, but why draw him different in a book? Maybe whoever wrote the book knew exactly what he looked like. I guess, maybe. Maybe they didn't. Because here we go. We're going to get into that in a second. Well, it is said that along with the devil's hand, a monk who violated his monastery monastic views. Oh. There you go. He violated his whole monastery. Yeah. It was given a choice to write this book as a punishment. And he said he'd finish writing by morning, but when he couldn't, he offered his soul to the devil to complete it. Oh. And see, so he knew exactly what he looked like. The book is 36 inches tall, 9 inches thick, and requires two people to lift it. Jesus. Like, that's as tall as my child. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, that is a lot of inches. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a little shorter than my it's, child, but close it's enough. three feet. Yeah. Okay. It's like my entire leg, at least, because I'm not that tall. Um, Could you imagine being hit with that book? <laughs> the window just flopped. Like two people just like, who's <laughs> swinging at you? <laughs> In 1477, the Benedictine... What? <laughs> monastery in bohemia started struggling financially and they had to sell the codex book why you read it so fast after (laughs) that what i don't even know what you said after that either (laughs) my god forward so the monastery had to sell the book because they were poor okay (laughs) and not another monastery bought it then lent it to the Roman Emperor Rudolf II. All right. And the Emperor developed an obsession to the book. Hmm. And as his fascination grew, his rule was affected by paranoia. This led to the Thirty Years' War. Oh, nice. And the Swedish army took the library, including the, the book. Oh, God. <laughs> Just broke his heart. Stole his fucking three foot I honestly book. think he died in the war. Okay. If I remember correctly from actual, okay. like, history. Oh, okay. I think he died in the war. All right. Well, it was cursed. Ten pages are missing from the book. 
Oh, and God. there's no real guess as to how or where they're at. But just there like, are many mixed up stories about it. Like the Swedish took a, took them out like as they stole the book or like Rudolph took them. And like, how do you pocket a three foot page of a book? <laughs> Ten three feet pages of books. Like, I'm just going to fold this up. <laughs> keep this with me. Put it in their long somebody's probably, or something. Somebody probably has. <laughs> I don't think people wore chonies back then. Um, somebody's probably got them, like, framed in their house. They have no idea. Like, oh, it's just been passed down as a family heirloom. <laughs> Something. Um, it is said that the curse on the book brings disaster or causes illness on whoever has had it throughout history. And that is what the curse is. There is no, like, I don't want to say connection, but there's really no, like... So does Sweden still have it? The Somebody still, have, yeah. I think the Swedens still have it in the, the Swedens. In a, the Swedish. <laughs> We're a fucking mess this episode. <laughs> They're gonna love it. It's fucking HP Wells Lovecraft HG. <laughs> fucking writing a hundred thousand books for the Swedens. For the Swedens. <laughs> Excuse oh us. Oh my god. This is why we don't record this early in the morning. Sorry, it's the only time I can It's have fine. It's before fine. I had to go pick people it's fine. up. We just look dumb on the internet. That's okay. It. That's why people watch us anyway. For, watch <laughs> us. <laughs> We're forever memorialized by our fucking stupidity. Yes. That's why oh, we're listened to. That's why we call that's why we're called a comedy. Because we are, are the joke. <laughs> But yes, those are my two books. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish there was more to like the cursiness, but... Well, I mean, one sunk the fucking Titanic. So. This is true. And that's all I need. And I don't blame the iceberg anymore. Nope. I blame the book. The fucking peacock book. Um, <laughs> don't want to see your peacock. <laughs> your peacock. That's disgusting. Get out of my house. It's like Katy Perry's mom. Yeah. Anyways. That's cursed too. Anyway. Um fun fun fact. I watched I have actually never watched Downton Abbey. <gasps> I wanna watch it so bad. Okay, this gets weird. Oh. Never mind. I don't wanna watch it. This is an episode of like everything tying into everything. Okay. So you know where I'm watching Downton Abbey? On your TV, I'm assuming? On my TV with an app called Peacock. Oh! We should end the episode right now. Beep. And not continue. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that was weird. Uh, so yeah. I, was, I watched the first episode and the first episode mm-hmm. of the first season mm-hmm. starts out with the sinking of the Titanic. Wow. How weird is that? Maybe this show is telling us something. That we should sink on the Titanic? Oh, I mean, all of us My childhood been. obsession? I probably died on the Titanic? Yeah. I don't know. That's about right. The peacocks? That is weird. That's very what is strange. that? What is this called? It's called... It has a name. There's a name for things like this. And I've talked about it before. Synchronicities. Okay. Like fucking when things all line up 
in a strange way. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was weird. Mm. Now I feel uncomfortable. Alright, well, we gotta move on. All no, right. I'm just kidding. Well, uh... <laughs> Unfortunately, we are double recording today, so our stupidity might continue over into our next episode. Yes. Please forgive us. <laughs> Hopefully not the stupidity of the cursed books and... The Swedens. Peacocks. <laughs> and Titanic. I cannot believe I said the Swedens. <laughs> the Swedens. The Swedens. <laughs> oh my god, did I even write that in my notes? This is just... Hold on, I have to check now. Did you... Please tell me you That's wrote the wrong notes. The Swedens. <laughs> I'm go back to my other notebook. Did I write Swedens? Hold on. No, I put Swedish. Oh, okay. Alright, so Swedish. you're only a verbal idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. <sighs> Alright, guys. Well, yeah, like we said, we're double recording today, so we're gonna move on, and honestly, I feel really uncomfortable with the energy we've created at the end of this podcast with Peacocks and Titanic, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna replenish ourselves and just do a little uh, energy switching, hopefully. Anyway. All right. Well, you know the drill. You can follow us on Instagram at the Creep End Pod. You can like us on Facebook. I still haven't posted. You can DM us or email us if you have any stories you want to share. You have any um, requests for stories that you want to hear, or themes, or topics, or all right. And um, yeah. Well, see you next week. Bye.